Dave. Yo, dude. What's up, man? Man, I'm chilling. It's it's hot in New Zealand. It's summertime. Summertime. Just to quote our favorite New Zealand podcast. <laughs> summertime. It's there. They're quoting Grown Ups 2. Grown Ups 2. I've still only ever seen the the end scene where Shaq is a cop and there's a brawl for no reason, and then that makes no sense. And then Selma Hayek is like, "Let's go have sex," to Adam Sandler. <clears throat> Let's go have another baby. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I saw that on Chinese uh, cable TV once, and that's the most I've seen of that, despite listening to fifty-two episodes of a podcast that talked about that movie. <laughs> Anyway, we're here talking about Stanley Kubrick. This is the epic season. We've been we've been doing the most epic movies, and no list of epic movies is complete without Kubrick's masterpiece, 2001, colon, A Space Odyssey. This movie was made in what year, Dave? Uh, 68, I guess. I don't know, I think. I think maybe even 67. It's, it's a stunning movie for being made so long ago. I mean, it was it, better than, like... 80% of movies that come out now, you know? Okay, yeah, it released in 68. I guess there was a special showing that Ebert got to see in 67. Well, if Ebert sees it in 67, then it came out in 67. That's yeah. that's how I, I, I feel, by the, <laughs> I go by the Ebert, Ebert calendar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is... So this movie is made before we're on the moon. This, this movie influences what the astronauts' outfits look like. Like, this... This creates what space looks like for the rest of humanity in in a way that probably no other film can really hold a candle to, except maybe James Cameron showing us what the Titanic looked like. Right. I mean, just the uh, the the attention to detail, and though the movie obviously takes place two thousand one, that's in the title, guys. If you're trying to figure it out, uh, you know everything's analog back then. And we hope but, you aren't. Yeah. and But it still feels kind of like it was made in a modern context. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was. It still is, like, a, it still is just a stunningly beautiful movie. I can't get over how good the ships looked, even in space. Or, it it just, like, just looks the, better than any other movie. Yeah. It just, they don't make movies that look good like this. It's no. It's crazy. Yeah, so let's quickly do a plot summary. Uh, and because maybe people have seen this movie, but it's been a while, you kind of forget all the components. I think the most memorable part is, you know, the the, the killer computer Hal. But first we start at the dawn of man. Monkeys or, like, monkeys about to evolve into humans. They're, they're not using tools. They find a shiny black obelisk sticking up in the desert. And of unknown origins. And it kind of freaks them out. And the next day, a monkey discovers how to use a, a bone of an animal as a weapon. And he uses that to, you know, fight the other tribe of monkeys. And it kind of tells the story of the dawn of man in terms of our intelligence advancing. Um, and it, in what has been called the, uh, the the largest leap forward in cinema history. <laughs> um, oh, in timeline? <laughs> yeah, we then jumped to two thousand, the year two thousand and one. <laughs> well, I don't know what was that movie, the Tree of Life. Do you remember a piece of shit movie where there's like ro- like dinosaurs at one point? Tree of Life, new movie by Terrence Malick. Um, who I, you know, Badlands, Days of Heaven. More recently, New World, Thin Red Line. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see it. Uh, I saw that in a theater. Was that similar to the movie with uh, 
Hugh Jackman in the bubble floating around in space. It's a different movie, yeah. but there's a there's another movie where it's like it's like Hugh Jackman is like a conquistador, and then it's like Hugh Jackman's wife is dying uh, of cancer, Wolverine? and then like and then like Hugh Jackman is floating in a bubble in space with his like dead wife. One new movie by Darren Aronofsky, the guy who made Pie and Wrestler, and of course Fountain, which nobody liked other than me and Nigel Floyd, as far as I can tell. And that was Not supposed sure. to be a, that was supposed to be a good movie. Anyway, it was bad. Plot summary. Uh, okay, we're 2001. We see a beautiful scene of a ship docking with a space station. So we're seeing space travel being routine. Scientists up on the space station talking about whether or not they're going to the moon or back to Earth. And they reach the moon, and there's another one of these obelisks. Uh, Same as the monkeys found, you know, at the dawn of man. They figure out that it was buried over 400 or 4 million years ago on the moon, deliberately put there. It emits a sound. Kind of drives everyone crazy. Smash cut. We're now on 18 months later. And we're flying to Jupiter. And on board this spacecraft is a robot called HAL 9000. And he is an artificial intelligence that controls the ship's systems. Uh, HAL malfunctions or doesn't malfunction, um, depending on your view. Becomes conscious, basically. He, he, kills, he kills the members of the crew after... He believes that they are going to disconnect him. Um, one crew member survives and does disconnect Hal's intelligence. Shortly after, he arrives at Jupiter and is sent through a space portal, wormhole, whatever you want to call it, a, a stargate. Um, and then we are we find the the spaceman kind of living in this like weird like zoo, aging, looking at looking forward and seeing himself an old man seeing himself dying in bed and then being reborn as a star child, which is a giant fetus floating in space. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's actually a very good summary of a movie. It's quite long. It's nearly three hours. And interspersed between the storyline, there's just a... It's like a visual masterpiece. But in, in addition, the the use of music's really cool. Um, you know, it's like very purposefully slow plotting and trying to basically put impact in every single action or every single scene yeah Um, if there if there was like an xy graph which you know we love math yeah maybe we should maybe we should um we love math maybe we should now we should maybe uh (laughs) speaking of graphs going up you know we should maybe get it to nft for you and me (laughs) sure yeah let's talk about it NFT for you and me. Alright guys. Yeah, because I'm about to talk about graphs. Uh, the graph I'm about to talk about is if if on the x-axis you had like how much plot is in a movie. Yeah. And on the y-axis you had how profound the movie is. Mm. Like this film would be like the most profound to lowest amount of plot ratio of any film ever made it has to be yeah i agree with that i think that's pretty fair um and then speaking of other graphs nfts just keep going up i mean they're never gonna fall there is sound economic theory behind it you know what my favorite thing about graphs or models and charts you know, ever hear that term economists do it with models <laughs> yeah well you know that's a term that I hear a lot. It's a <laughs> yeah. term. It's a term. It's it's a turn of phrase. It's a term. A term. Uh, yeah. And NFTs 
keep going up. Another phrase. So think about uh, this: NFTs are all monkeys. Yeah, they're all monkeys. When is what's the obelisk to these monkey NFTs that's going to get these these monkeys using tools and then? Smash oh my god, cut. can you imagine? That graph is gonna, you know, we talk about the singularity. This movie's kind of about the singularity, you know? It's like the mm. the exponential, you know, it took thousands of Always. years to go from monkeys to space flight, but then it only took 18 months for man to transcend space and time and become a star child. So we're pretty close to that, I think. Shout-outs to mm. Raker as well. Um, uh, Shout-outs to Elon Musk, who I think will deliver us to this the star child fantasy oh, that we easily all... with his eyes yeah. closed totally, totally. and uh one final thing to tie it in with nfts uh this movie's this this podcast is called a uh, brunch movies and so brunch is all about food uh we don't often talk about pizza for brunch but i i i'd happily eat pizza for brunch if it's good pizza and i bring this up because <laughs> yeah uh Top Chef star, famous oh, chef, I know. Tom, yeah. Tom Colicchio. I he, saw he, this. He launched some pizza <laughs> NFTs. I could not believe it. I was like, hell yeah, brother. Give me some of that pizza. You know, and I it's want like, extra pepperoni. It's just like the monkeys, except it's slices of pizza, but they're dudes and they look really <laughs> stupid. And that's yeah. an NFT. So we got Elijah Wood. We got Tom Colicchio. Who's your? Who are you thinking's next? Who's Who's going to be your next favorite celebrity to be in it? Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we who, Who's next? These are Brad, all great Brad celebrities. Pitt. Brad Pitt. <laughs> what if Quentin, it's his armpit? Quentin Tarantino uh, collection. Uh, you know. Yeah, Man, yeah. Connection. I don't think he's. I don't think he, is he behind it or is is uh, the, the movie company behind it? No, Tarantino's behind it. The movie company is suing Tarantino. Oh, right, right. That's right. That's right. That's to right. That's to stop right. him from doing it. Well, Brad Tarantino's Pitt. behind it. It has. I think to be Obama's bad, next. You think Obama? Yeah. You think it? Wow. Because he's already an ape. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's that's. I don't. I don't feel that way. That's a really. <laughs> that's a really silly joke. All right, this has been NFT for you and me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. NFT. For you and me. So, um, uh, so I love yeah, this movie. This this yeah. might this honestly might be my favorite movie of all time. That far, I, it's I definitely think better so. than you know when I was until like my mid twenties. I would say Star Wars was my favorite movie of all time, which is kind of a nerdy answer and probably not very cool. And also, Star Wars um, has just ruined itself over time. Yeah, it's just ruined it. It's just There's ruined it. There's way more baggage to say that. Yeah. There's too much baggage. People start looking at you, you know, like, you, you fucking idiot. If you say It'd 2001, be- though, it, it might be... It, it's such a peculiar movie, and people don't watch it regularly. It seems like the hipster answer. answer you know what I mean? But, it, but watching it now, watching it again, and probably haven't seen this in at least 10 years... Uh, it's exceptional. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, it's it's just there's nothing similar to it. There's nothing like this film. No. And uh, how how could you make another movie like this? How could like what what would be? Well, that's actually we should get into director's corner real quick. For yeah, this. yeah. Let's open it up. Cool. All right, you so, know what I think that movie needed? You what's ready? that? Yeah. More, more bitches. 
Yeah. Enough bitches in this movie, man. That, Where are that, they? that sexy Soviet scientist. That's it. You know what I mean? And there's the stu- yeah. the, the the air flight uh, stewardesses. But, but the entire time, I was like, "What if you made Hal have a little sexy hologram body?" Yeah, he's like turning on Dave and stuff. You know? Well, you know the reason that um, most AI voices are female, you know, Siri and Alexa and all those, um, is because uh, Hal creeped people out so much. Oh, and that, is that true? yes, that that all male computer voices just sounded too much like Hal and made people uncomfortable. <laughs> so they had to make make computer voices female. Oh my god, I think the 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 idea of like talking to an AI that is a male, there is something about it, and it's probably because of this movie. You're right, and it doesn't help that my my name is Dave, and this movie is you know what are you doing, Dave? Yeah, yeah, you know, like it doesn't. It doesn't help the situation. Hal, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Hal? Hal? Yeah, it's really good. But my, my director's corner is, so I, I brought up... Hal? You know, how, what's the next... 2001 a space odyssey how do you oh. make another movie of this caliber or, or of these ideas and the, the there's answer, a sequel there is a sequel yeah but yeah. which i haven't seen also not I done by seen. by kubrick no. there's a whole series of books all the way to 1997 uh arthur c clark was we're still writing books in this series oh, wow. um but but the answer is you can't you can't make you can't make a movie uh like that is in the same plane as 2001 a space odyssey but what you can do is reboot 2001 a space odyssey oh uh, hell yeah and i'm talking about there's one director that i know that you're you're thinking the Columbus. same thing no <laughs> think about uh, one guy he was given one series that was about the stars and he blew it out of the water made it the, the greatest movie ever made in that series he was given another series about the stars oh and he uh, made the greatest two movies in that series this film has There's a little bit of lens flare going on in 2001: yeah. A Space Odyssey. Uh, what's his name? Who am I, 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 have, I, have, I have his head in head in my mind. His face is clear in front of me. It's not J.K. Rowling. It's J.J. Abrams. That's what I was exactly. J.J. J.J. Abrams. Abrams needs to be given the reins to 2001: A Space Odyssey. Bring totally. it back. Who do you cast as Dave? Chris Pratt. Yeah, definitely. There's no one else. You cast Voice of Chris Hal, Pratt. Chris Pratt, the yeah. monkeys, the voice Chris of the monkeys, Pratt. Chris Pratt. You just keep having them, just more yeah. and more Chris Pratt. It's a great director's corner, Dave. Yeah, and and to be honest, I just want to get this out here during this segment. Chris Pratt, best actor alive, throwing it out there. Best voice actor alive, throwing that totally. out there. Yeah, I can't wait to hear his Mario. I'm sure it's gonna be very good. Yeah, it's not going to be, like, a racist stereotype. Not at all. Not at all. It's going to be good. It's going to be uh, like, okay. hey, it's me. I'm a Mario. <laughs> it's going to sound exactly like that. I it's definitely. I can't wait. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait to see Mario on the big screen. It's been too long. It's been too long. Can't wait. You know, the first one, right down the oh. plate, strike, awesome. Yeah, uh, great film. Great film. But I clearly stole someone else's wish, so just waiting for that that row of karma dominoes to come crashing down on me. But as it is right now, it's a me, 
Amario. That's not the voice. You'll have to wait to hear the voice, but we've been working hard at it, and, and I'm really excited to announce that I'm going to be the voice of that video game that I dreamed about playing as a kid. Dream country. The Director's Corner. All right, so... Yeah, so let's let's get out of the director's corner. Uh, yeah. Should we get should we get into uh, hot takes, hot cakes, Dave? Yeah, let's do it. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. All right, I got a hot take for you. Yeah. Dave is the best name of all time. Mm. There's no better movie that captures my name than this movie and this might be the best movie of all time thereby making this name synonymous so you got king david you got hal and dave or ray david as they as they call him in is that spanish is ray a king in spanish or is that italian might be italian I used to, I had to learn to sing some song about King David in a foreign language mm. for some reason. And you say, Ray David. Maybe that's Latin. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, um, you and your wife's name, Ray David. That's right. Actually. Yeah, that, yeah. that means yeah. King David in some language. Whoa. Maybe it was destiny. You know, maybe I'm like a little floating star boy out in space looking down on my own life being like, yeah, Dave, that's a great name. Probably the best name out there. Um, I know this is a lazy hot take, but look, it is a cool name. Get off me, alright? You never hear, like, people always make fun of, like, names like Brent or <laughs> Todd. But they would never make fun of a name like Dave. It's too, it's too ingrained in our culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. The culture. It's too good. Good evening, Dave. How you doing, Hal? Everything's running smoothly, and you? Oh, not too bad. Have you been doing some more work? A few sketches. May I see them? Sure. That's a very nice rendering, Dave. I think you've improved a great deal. My hot take is uh, that if I was, you know, I'm I, I write software by trade. Hmm. Uh, I'm not just a full time podcaster, but my my hot take is that if I was to program Hal, then he wouldn't have malfunctioned. Whoa. If I would have programmed Hal, he wouldn't have functioned. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would have been. He wouldn't have been. My, doing my so code well. would have been perfect. Yeah, no mistakes. Although they apparently, so there is the novel that goes along with this, and what they're what they what they're saying is that caused the malfunction is that Hal was ordered to conceal the truth about the mission um, and the extra uh. and and he was told to not to keep it secret from the crew. But he was also programmed not to lie, and so the uh, the contradictions wow. there uh, caused the the logic malfunction. Whereas the the Hell Nine Thousand back on Earth that didn't malfunction, he didn't didn't have a crew to lie to. So this is this is kind of actually a retelling of Pinocchio. And the whale is the spaceship. Um, yeah, yeah. And Geppetto is um, the bone. The bone. The horn. <laughs> we found the horn. <laughs> All right. Um, hot, hot cakes. Cake. Yeah, my yeah. hot cake. Uh, it's got to be those monkeys, man. I can't believe mm. we taught those mm. monkeys how to act that well. Mm. Mm. How did they do it? It's, it looks... 
Like they were some real monkeys. This isn't this isn't uh what's his name? Oh. Schmeagol. What's that what's that guy? It's the guy uh, that plays Schmeagol. I'm sure his name's David because he's awesome. Uh <laughs> it's not his name. <laughs> it's uh Circus? Circus? Circum? Uh, Andy Circus. Circum- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know you know what they uh you know, before the Hobbit uh tr- trilogy came out, they mm. they, they should have called him Three Ring Circus because he was in three Lord of the Rings films. Oh wow, yeah. Now he's a he's six ring. That, now he's now a six he's ring a six, circus. He's a six ring guy, he's like Michael Jordan over there. Yeah. Um, te- technically, like, let me think on this. Technically, he wasn't in the Hobbit movies. He, I think he was in the Hobbit movies. Oh, he was, was yeah. But yeah, yeah, he was. Technically, yeah. he wasn't in all three, and technically, uh, Andy Serkis did not do any performing in The Fellowship of the Ring. There is a scene of Gollum, but it's, uh, not, it's not his motion capture, because it's just a brief glimpse of him, so... Uh, We'll have to do some more math on that. We'll have to crunch those numbers. Yeah. Do you, did you ever think, did you think the space baby was circumcised? Did you think about that? Uh, no, because I think he's still in the uh, the sack. Okay, so not yet. Not yeah. Yet. Not yet. What, what do you think that umbilical cord is attached to? Like a, like a black hole? Maybe God. The black hole to God? Yeah. God's, God's black hole? God's black hole. <laughs> definitely. That's definitely what it's attached to. Uh, what's your hotcake, Dave? Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, I liked uh, I liked the uh, the moon base. I thought the moon base was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, I gave a lot of thought to this segment. Clearly, I I, I really thought the uh, you know basically the idea that humanity would be as far involved in space. Maybe Kubrick didn't believe that, but back in the you know back then, people thought we would be going to space all the time. To have a cool ass moon base, I'm I'm hoping the Chinese do it, man. Come on, yeah, it's... you know you guys got so much materials and resources. You don't have to pay attention to standard, you know, democratic needs and stuff. So just just make a moon base. Let me on it. Let me find the black obelisk. You know. Besides things that actually threaten my life, like global warming, COVID, yeah. in terms of yeah. things that are forces of depression in my life, I think. Sure. Outside of things that are like actually like could impact my my ability to live, I think the, just the fact that growing up as a kid, mm. like when I was young, it was closer to us being on the moon than I know, like than it is from less me than being twenty born. years. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's 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 like how did as a kid I knew that we went to the moon and I was sure that we would go back and we would go to other planets and there would be like I as a ten year old. There's no doubt in my mind that I would go to space in my life. Uh, I, I think those illusions were quickly dispelled for me. I wasn't, but uh, I think but, I think. But it's it's just because we just didn't do it. No, we didn't. Like we could have done it. Like we could have just continued to fund NASA and had this space travel and all this awesome stuff, and we just didn't do it. Instead, we went to Vietnam. And then we went to Korea again, maybe no, no Korea was before that. Instead, we went to Korea's Vietnam. Fifty to fifty-two. And then we went uh, Cambodia, and then we went Gulf War. And then we did Gulf War Two, Gulf War Three. Well, then we, now, then hey, we all watched Harry Potter for like fifteen years. Yeah. Well, we just approved a seven hundred and sixty-eight billion dollar budget for the military for one so, year. One year, a one-year budget. 
Um, Are we getting political here, Dave? I'm getting a little political. Okay, let's get, let's get political because I've got yeah. a because I remembered my my hot take. Let's get political, political. I want to get political. Let's get into politics. Oh, my, my, my real hot take. Yeah, it is. So, so we were talking about you know why we talk about the programming and you know why Hal killed the people and you know there's the explanation for the novels, but the real truth is that Hal killed killed those those Americans because. Because uh, you know, because in two thousand one, George W. Bush was president. Mm. Yeah, they deserved it. Did nine eleven happen in this universe? Definitely, definitely. Hal was upset about it. <laughs> That's why Hal. <laughs> he was mourning. <laughs> Hal was mourning nine eleven, dude. That's the real reason. Yeah, you have yeah. Julia, Julia. You have, uh, what was another 9-11 one we just watched? Uh, we watched uh, Avatar the Airbender. Definitely in post-9-11 movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie, definitely post-9-11 movie. I mean, or concurrent with 9-11. Just happening, oh. When those well, towers were hit, well, you know, those, eight, those 18 months passed, right? You know, mm. we're in the year 2001 when when that doctor first goes up to the moon and then 18 months pass and then we've got oh then we're off to Jupiter. So in that mission, maybe, maybe those guys frozen on the mission. Yeah, they, they didn't were, know about it. They were frozen through it. it, it he was, how was doing them a mercy. He just wow. took, he just killed them before they learned about the, yeah. the horrible events of nine 11. No, he knew that they couldn't, they couldn't deal with it. Uh, not I'm, being, I'm, uh, I'm glad we got political cause we never would have yeah. gotten to the bottom of this. How, how's kind of a patriot, right? Yeah. And you know we talk about 9-11 being... Oh, should we get into Dave's Conspiracy Corner as well? <laughs> sure, we can open up. Because, What's um... Up? You know, we all know that 9-11 was an inside job. Totally. And we also all know that Stanley Kubrick uh, faked the moon landing. That was an inside job. That was Kubrick. He faked yeah. the moon footage. Yeah, I mean, because he was so good at doing this movie, of course he could fake the moon landing footage. Yeah, which they did. Um, and so what we're... The connection that we're pulling together here and i guess this is andy's conspiracy corner but sure. um the connection we're pulling here is that kubrick presupposed 9-11 hal murdering the astronauts so they wouldn't find out about it he knew so the, the inside job of 9-11 goes all the way back to kubrick it's tied up in the moon landing wow they probably had some records in tower seven about the uh the, the, the fake moon landing and that's why they had to do 9-11 to blow that up so kubrick is behind 9-11 Yes, he died or, in '99, right? But the, right, the, but the, it was already the, in motion. The intelligence reports were coming in, like even '99, yeah. 2000. You know, they knew. They knew. They knew. They found the horn. This, they found the horn. <laughs> <laughs> they found the horn. Let's get political, political. I want to get political. Let's get into politics. Um, <laughs> uh, should we get into the brunchiness of this movie? Yeah, we should. Yeah. What'd you think? This is like, and my brunchiness rating kind of tie, will tie in with my pairing in that this is, this is, this could be brunchy if you're having like a life changing brunch. 
Oh. But if you're not, if you're kind of just doing a standard brunch, this is this is not there. But say you say you had brunch cooked by you know the greatest chef of all time, Tom Colicchio. Definitely. Maybe he signs your NFT and. Like, maybe then this would be the appropriate, like, grandeur for that kind of occasion. You're yeah. dining with the Queen of England. Obama's there. Jelaine Maxwell's there. <laughs> she's She's been cleared of all charges. Cleared so of all charges. Good she's, news there. Good news there. Um, we got Forrest Ghosts of Epstein and Bill Gates and, and uh, uh, yeah. Clinton looking down on us because they were executed before they found right, out about right. 9-11. Thank you, QAnon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Is this just my pairing already? No, no. Yeah. I, have, I have another pairing, but but my, I think this movie could be brunchy because it's about ideas, and to me, a good brunch is about ideas, Dave. Mm. I'm gonna give it a, wow. uh, I'm gonna give it like one, like I'm gonna give it sunny side up eggs, but you ordered one one extra one, so it's a little more than you than you wanted to to eat. You're like, I ah, like you ordered three, but you only ate two of them. So like, mm-hmm. good scrambled eggs, but it was just a little too much. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I would say that this movie, uh, normally I'd be like, no way, it's space, it's kind of bleak. I'm going the opposite, man. I thought this was very brunchy. It's beautiful. It's great music. It's not violent. It's not. Uh, fast paced it, it, it's kind of like if it's on in the background you can kind of tune in a little bit you don't have to the only problem would be some of the like the the beeping-esque noises which were driving my dog nuts yeah um, the breathing the breathing which is like there's like 45 minutes where you just hear the breathing yeah you know major tom breathing over and over again that's major tom right uh I don't, I, major major dave tom major dave tom Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's. Founder of Wendy's. <laughs> was up there. Um, uh, his, his co-pilot, Tim Horton. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, In the casting, we got, out with we've got Mary Wendy. Jane. I don't know. Oh, I don't, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I was going to go with, you know, their, the, the nurse, Wendy. She's frozen. We got mm. Ronald McDonald. He's frozen. Oh, yeah. You'll never know who was up. Ronald McDonald. Uh yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, there's I, I'm at one to seven. I'm just gonna get it out there. Five point five. That's actually quite brunch. Um, it's the mark. Think it's it, good. Think as it shot at the menu. Uh, the top ten? No, maybe for, okay. per, for season top ten. Yeah, but not. Not. Yeah, I mean, there is something like profound and joyous. It's about ideas. Yeah. It's pleasurable to look at the music right. is soothing the music is, i mean the classical music score definitely makes it, it doesn't have that 90s divorce a uh family type sheen that you would get yeah the families has, are all happy you know the uh major dave tom his his parents are like happy birthday we baked you a cake that you can't have yeah. the other guy like facetimes his daughter and she's like Hey, come into my party, Dad. That, that was a she weird. She was a great actress. <laughs> great actress and good at talking. I thought. Yeah. Tell your mommy I called. Yeah, that was a very that was a stranger scene for sure. I mean, all of the uh, scenes are really <laughs> strange in this. So that's kind of why I love it. But yeah, I, I think I think definitely brunchy. Um, yeah, pairings. Uh, <clears throat> this is called the. Uh, Oops! I left a sandwich in my jacket, Harry. Where I want to go, <laughs> I want to go see this movie 
was playing at a, I think, State Street Theater when I was in college. They put it on at midnight. And me oh, and some nice. buds got completely, let's say, we pre-gamed very hard for this movie. In, in the traditional sense that you would watch a movie like this. Yeah. And I went to Pop Belly, which is the, the sandwich yeah. shop. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll bring in the other half of my sandwich. And yeah. at the time... As you do. As one does... I chose the wrong sandwich to bring into your pocket, which was the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, so <laughs> you went to Pop Belly for peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> well, I mean, let's. It was like a you know, it was a late night. It was a. It was. I was a younger guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like nineteen. I was all and, about that unwitch from Jimmy John's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's so wet. Uh, I mean, look, man. I, I basically wrecked my jacket. I had peanut butter and jelly all throughout the pocket. When I pulled it out, it was a complete disaster. And You know, I'm trying to watch this movie and I'm just covered in jam and, or jelly. And, you know, but to be honest, it was, I wouldn't take that back for, for anything. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a memorable moment of watching this movie. So, uh, you know, good times. Yeah. Good pairing. I recommend it. Put a peanut butter jelly raw into your jacket and see how it goes. No rap. No rapping. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's great. Um, yeah. The save it for later mindset yeah. is, is strong You know, is strong in our podcast. Todd is a big proponent of that. I also had my, my, my friend Henners who would um, he would come over to hang out and get high and he would stop at Pancheros on the way over and have a burrito. Oh, Pancheros. Okay. And then like we'd just be like on the couch watching movies stoned and like six hours later at like midnight he would like with his eyes half closed. He would reach into his coat pocket and just pull <laughs> out a second entire burrito that he had bought at dinner time, knowing <laughs> that he would, he would want to eat another burrito like six hours later. <laughs> Clever guy. Yeah, I was, and he would just do it silently, just like kind of slowly pull out this burrito. <laughs> and, yeah. Um. All right, my my pairing is um, two thousand and fun colon. A brunch odyssey. <laughs> good one. Yeah, real good. All right, so you have to start right. This is this is gonna span eons because we have to start with the very first brunch. That's the monkeys. That's the monkeys. Um, you know, seeing that obelisk, right? That obelisk is uh, is a cast cast iron pan, though. In this in this uh, analogy, wow. We're talking about um, you know, like what's what was the first brunch? And was it even called brunch at that time? It was probably before it was even called brunch. People were already it was probably doing called it. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Yeah. So you start with the first brunch. Flash forward, we got modern brunch. We got this is when, you know, the brunch is it's down to a science. We got eggs benedict, you know, the coffee's hot, the keep it coming, getting to the getting the refills, you know, the mimosas are bottomless, you know, it's like a well oiled machine, okay? That's kinda yeah. where we're at now where brunch is just you know, we're at Brunch is a commodity. It's been commodified. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're all kind of waiting for that next obelisk to come, that revolutionary science um, that really propels brunch to the, the, the brunch singularity that we're all expecting. So we kind of kind of have to use our imaginations here, but assuming that's going to happen in the next, say, three to four months, um, probably not within one or two, though, uh, three to four months, we know it's the next evolution of brunch. All of a sudden, we're on the um, proverbial mission to Jupiter brunch. Okay, this is when your mind is kind of being blown with with brunch. You're like, I didn't know that brunch could take me to the, these these levels. 
and eventually you're you're at you reach the end of this brunch and you're transported to you know brunch heaven brunch the brunch galaxy you're kind of through like a brunch wormhole going crazy bacon and eggs are flying by your your eyes faster than you can you can tell you know you kind of like see a super zoomed in microscope view of um eggs sc- being scrambled and the colors are inverted and you know mm. and you wake up and you're and you're in a diner alone, and it's kind of like neon, and and you and you and you look over and you see yourself eating pancakes, but you're 50 years older than you are now, um, and then you're reborn as a brunch baby. Wow! And you're it's ho- not like a f- and you're hovering over um, your favorite brunch restaurant, <laughs> just like a space baby, but it's a it's a, a sky baby over. Uh, no brunch yeah. baby, brunch baby. Excuse me. Yeah. Does it have like a little pudgy stomach because it's had a lot of brunch? Yeah, and he says, "Mommy, I want mm. milk." Wow. He keeps saying that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> keeps saying that creepy baby. Yeah, uh, and you're just hovering above, like there's all these because br- all these people are transcending, you know. Totally. Yeah. So that's that's Great. been two thousand fun. A brunch odyssey. <laughs> You know, we, we, we started this podcast being like, we're just going to crank this out. It's the middle of the week. We're going to crank it out. And we probably went like six, five segments over normal to the standard. Oh, uh, but, but we kept it quick. And I no, just want to say, we, yeah. the, I'm glad we squeezed this in. We're, we have one more episode to wrap this up, uh, this season up. And then yeah. we, we, we have a Christmas special coming. Don't worry. But Dave, did we, discover, worry, uh, did we discover the sixth element today? Space. I know, dude, I've been thinking about it all. I've been trying to, I was trying to fit it in. And I didn't know where. Is the six element space or is it the lack of elements? Do you know what I mean? Oh. Uh, is, is the sixth element a lack of elements? You can't have jungle in space. You can't have air in space. It's a vacuum. No fire. Right. You know, no water. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, in, yeah. a, ga- in a game I play, there's uh, there's these these there's these elements in that game as well. Not Not the avatar elements, but there's like a... There's a storm Jungle. spirit. There's a there's a ember spirit. There's um, uh, what's the other one? There's a what is uh, this? Settlers of Catan. There's a rock spirit. They're like brothers. And then there's a, they announced a force spirit. Well, okay, what is it going to be? A lot of people thought like maybe air spirit or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're like, no, void spirit. He's from the void. Whoa. So this, that's kind of space. Like, if void can be an element, I think space can be an element. Mm. So you're saying the lack of elements in and of itself is an element. Absolutely. Is this the first space movie we've done? Did we do another sci-fi, spacey one? What did we do this season? I feel like we... we oh, this season, no. This, this is the only epic in space that we've done. That's a miss on our end, because there's other epic space movies, I feel like. Are, but nothing they, is are epic. there, but are they good? Yeah, that's the problem. Because this movie is epic, absolutely. I mean, episode four is pretty epic, and that's a space movie, scene, you know. But it's a space opera epic. I, I don't know. So. This movie has a lot of opera esque music, so. Like it, just because a movie is a hero's journey doesn't make it epic. Interesting. Calling out Star Wars. Oh, we did Dune. That's spacey. That's sand element, though. Yeah, that's sand. You're that's right. mostly taking place on planet, Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
guess I'm wrong, man. I guess this is the, the one space one. I mean, what a winner. I think this might be the best one, so... Yeah, this is the best space movie. Uh, it's the sixth element. And uh, I can't wait for next week when we wrap it all up. The epic season. This has been an epic episode. This has been an epic season, Dave. Uh, happy to do it with you. Yes, and, uh Have anything to say to our fans out there? Hey, guys. Keep on sipping. Keep on sipping, guys. Keep on sipping! <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs>